The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org. How beautiful. Before our sermon, Sam will share a reading, A House Called Tomorrow, by Alberto Rios. You are not 15 or 12 or 17. You are a hundred wild centuries. And 15 bringing with you in every breath and in every step, everyone who has come before you, all the yous that you have been, the mothers of your mother, the fathers of your father. If someone in your family tree was trouble, a hundred were not. The bad do not win, not finally, no matter how loud they are. We simply would not be here if that were so. You are made fundamentally from the good. With this knowledge, you never march alone. You are the breaking news of this century. You are the good who has come forward through it all, even if so many days you feel otherwise. But think, when you as a child learned to speak, it's not that you didn't know words, it's that from the centuries you knew so many, and it's hard to choose the words that will be your own. From those centuries, we human beings bring with us the simple solutions and songs, the river bridges and star charts and song harmonies, all in service to a simple idea that we can make a house called tomorrow. What we bring finally into the new day every day is ourselves, and that is all we need to start. That's everything we require to keep going. Look back only for as long as you must, then go forward into the history that you will make. Be good, then better. Write books, cure disease, make us proud, make yourself proud. And those who came before you, when you hear thunder, that is their applause. What do we do when we're under attack? What do we do? Act up, fight back. I don't need to remind anyone that we are living in weird times. I prefer saying weird to hard and troubling. Why? I'm reminded of an old joke about the economy. A recession is when your neighbor loses their house a depression is when you do. I refuse to be one of those people who notice hardship and trouble only when they hit home. After all, recessions and depressions are not new. Murders by racist police and white supremacist thugs are not new. 
Poverty and income inequality are not new. Efforts to destroy essential public services, such as the post office, are not new. Demanding that people work under unsafe conditions is not new. Authoritarianism, corruption, and voter suppression are not new. Wildfires and hurricanes are not new. Pandemics are not new, even though most of us haven't experienced one before. Though they may feel new to some of us, such hardships have been business as usual for the global majority. Thus, there is nothing new about resistance either. And yet, these weird times are new. And it's not just because we are being hit with so many attacks simultaneously. Climate change poses an imminent and existential threat to humanity as a whole that wasn't there historically, even during the greatest plagues and genocides. Of course, some of us are far less threatened by current events than others. Yet none of us can speak of future generations as a predictable given. Human survival depends on creating social, economic, and political systems that can address the magnitude of our many problems and that will work justly and effectively for the vast majority. That's a pretty tall order, and it's going to have to be done very quickly. And at least for now, within the social restrictions of a pandemic, artificially prolonged by government sabotage and irresponsible individualism. The decade of the 2020s will be a game changer. And I don't want it to be game over. Different nations, races, and cultures have faced game over. But never before has humanity faced a global deadline ultimately affecting everyone. Resistance to the attacks we are facing is absolutely necessary. However, by nature, resistance is reactive. And it is for naught if we fail to build something new grounded in our most positive visions of justice, equity, compassion, and sustainability. As the labor song Solidarity says, and Sam quoted, we can bring to birth a new world from the ashes of the old. Can we? It's not easy to create a new world when buried over our heads in the ashes of racism, greed, apathy, and resignation. Thus, there is a new urgency to resistance and a growing willingness to go beyond the limitations of past activism. Here we are on Labor Day in the year 2020, a year when we are viewing the past with corrective lenses, seeing some of us for the first time, the price of all that has been overlooked. Yet all along, though none of us can ever see the whole picture, there have been those who saw enough, not only to resist, but also to imagine a world where injustice is possible.
impossible. Sorry. Among those forces was organized labor. And though unions vary greatly in their commitment to social justice, both currently and historically, overall, the labor movement has been a force for good aligned with our UU principles. Moreover, organized labor has one thing most of us do not, even if we think we do, and that's power. Systems don't work if their workers stop working. The pandemic is proving many workers are indeed essential to the most basic functioning of society, revealing their hidden power. However, like other progressive social movements in the US, labor needs to stop conceding to its enemies that their systems, and I would include our two-party political structure, are inevitable, indestructible, and at least partially desirable. With all of these tax, attacks hitting us, it's time to say no. The way we have been living is not sustainable yet alone desirable. It's unraveling before our eyes. It will be replaced, like it or not. With what? That will be determined by the quality of our resistance and the strength of our vision. So what do we do when we're under attack? What do we do? Act up, fight back. And in case you were wondering, here's the positive, inspirational part of this sermon. A lot of us are acting up and fighting back. Something has shifted over this last year. How about sports? Who'd have thought last Labor Day that Black Lives Matter would be a slogan painted on professional basketball courts and worn on jerseys by athletes of all races. Pro athletes are hard to replace, and their work, while not essential, supports a significant segment of the economy. Thus, when they choose to organize, they have real power, even the power to go beyond their union contracts, shutting down games with wildcat strikes. They have leverage. Thanks to their demands, stadiums during the pandemic may now become easily accessible, relatively safe polling places. Automatically, their message of anti-racist solidarity is reaching millions of other workers across the political spectrum with the potential to change many hearts and minds. Demographics most of us cannot access. Even a small shift in voting could change the outcome of the coming election. But we don't have to be part of an elite sector of society to make a difference. What we need is sustained, disciplined, correct, collective action. And that has always been the message of the labor movement. What force on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one? but the union makes us strong. Why do most schools remain closed, even with so much pressure to reopen? 
because teachers, empowered by last year's successful Red for Ed strikes, threatened to go out to protect themselves and their students from COVID-19. Imagine how many lives will be saved. The pandemic is fueling a new class consciousness. And whether unionized or not, workers are resisting, organizing, and even winning. Who'd have thought last Labor Day that there would be a strike wave among non-union workers at places like Amazon, Whole Foods, and Instacart, resulting for many in paid leave, health benefits, and improved safety. Labor academic David Unger wonders if the pandemic may do for us what the Triangle Shirtwaist Fire did over 100 years ago, create a new wave of union organizing by workers willing to do whatever it takes. Maybe. One thing for sure, with so many attacks and the incentive of partial victories, more workers will be acting up and fighting back and joining unions. Yes, organized labor is still weak, cramped by its obedience to unjust laws and its codependent, abusive relationship with politicians who consistently betray it. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what keeps most of us weak? However, like labor, like most of us as well, is not immune to the rising movements against racism and capitalism. When the Longshore Union, ILWU, heard about the murder of George Floyd, it called a work stoppage of eight minutes and 42 seconds, the time it took for police to kill Mr. Floyd. And then a Juneteenth shutdown of West Coast ports and a massive car caravan protest. The ILWU has a long history of racial justice actions. What was different this year is that the ILWU was able to enroll the less militant East Coast Longshore Union and nationally the Teamsters in the work stoppage. Says Clarence Thomas, AKA the good Clarence Thomas, past president of ILWU Local 10 in Oakland. Fighting police murders and white supremacy is a class question. Let's not forget that the vast majority of black people and the vast majority of victims of police repression are working class, unquote. Police unions have long been a thorn in the side of other unions. Yet labor has taken almost no action against them. Who'd have thought this last Labor Day that the King County Labor Council, representing more than 100,000 workers in the Seattle area, would vote to expel the Seattle Police Officers Guild? Or that the LA School District, the nation's largest, would cut its police budget by 35% directing the savings to school social services after weeks of protest and a vote by the LA teachers to demand eliminating the police entirely. Similar efforts 
are taking place in many cities, including San Francisco and Oakland. What do we do when we're under attack? What do we do? Act up, fight back. Thankfully for all of us, to quote Sam's excellent reflection, solidarity doesn't mean that everyone has to participate in the same way. There is no shortage of ways to act up and fight back. Each of us must find the ones we can do best. As Alberto Rios so eloquently writes, look back only for as long as you must, then go forward into the history you will make. May we make our descendants proud. Thank you. The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org.